0: See, the word I'm about to share with you over just the next few minutes, God literally, I wrote it from 1 to 5 o'clock today, 1 to 5.15. So it's not something that's been preached in other places. You're not going to find it on the table. You're not going to find it on the Internet. It's something God said I had to preach tonight. There was not a single word on the computer typed out till about 1.15. And all of a sudden, the Lord began to just speak to me as I was driving here yesterday. And then after having lunch with Pastor, all of a sudden, the Lord said, go back and write it right now. I'm like, Lord, I want to preach the other new one. The, the, and he said, no, 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 there's a word for tonight. And I want to go ahead and tell you that when humanity meets divinity, that's an altar call. So at any given point, the presence of God hits you. This area is yours. Because, see, I had a vision or a dream. Last June, we saw an outbreak of God begin to break out and we begin to see things happen. And in fact, we saw a move of God that took place in D.C. with congressmen crying out to God. We we saw heads of state crying out to God. Then they stretched their hands towards the White House and began to pray. And right after I was there, I, I, I went back to my uh, I went home and was went somewhere to preach and I'm asleep in a hotel room. How do of even know God's not done with America. Turn off the stupid news and pick up the word of God because he's not done. Now, you know the remnant movement is what people go, what is remnant? It's so hard to just say in one sentence except it's just those that will stand up for truth through the power of the Holy Spirit because truth is the new hate speech and the enemy of truth is silence. And the more you tell the truth, the smaller your circle is going to get. And don't write a book like I am remnant unless you want to get attacked because trust me, I can tell you over the last couple of weeks the emails that I've gotten. And it's always so fun when I get them because I forward it back to my assistant Jamie and I say, "Just, just tell them noted, thank you. But I have learned that if you're not coming up against the devil it's because you flow with him. And if you stick your head in the sand you just give the devil a bigger target. Hey, <laughs> amen. All right. But there's an awakening coming. And this last summer, I had a dream of this giant wave sweeping across America. Now, I did not know that Karen, who's wrapping up her new book called Dehydrated, that, that Karen had also had the same dream a couple of months before because God always talks to her first. Drives me crazy. But I have this dream, and I wake up in a cold sweat. Because in the dream, Karen and I are running across America from Florida throughout the United States. And as we're running, this giant wave is chasing us. And we're running across a giant map. And we're seeing everything devoured by this wave. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, get to safety, get to safety, get to safety. We're screaming for people, come on, get safe, get to safety. And I ended up on the Capitol steps in Washington where I had just been. And we're hanging on to a white column post and the wave hits. And I woke up. And all of a sudden, I got up the next morning. I was angry. I was discouraged. I'm like, Lord, there's destruction that's coming. You promised in Genesis nine eleven that you would not destroy the earth with a flood again. That's your promise. In fact, the number nine eleven is the exact Hebrew, Hebrew number for the word remnant. If you take and, and look that up, it's, it, it's the word 9-11. And throughout the day, I was discouraged. And all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, later in the afternoon he said pat what you saw in the dream was not me destroying america it was me pouring my spirit out one last time on this nation my glory is about to devour and awaken this nation pastor tiffany talked the lord told her on tuesday the water level is going to rise how many of you ready for the flood to hit this room give my god a praise across this house come on But with that came another prophetic word from a friend of mine named Luke who's a prophet. And he he called me one night and he said, Pat, I have to tell you. I had a dream last night and I saw Jesus walking down a road. And I saw Jesus walk up to a casket on the side of the road. And a woman was standing beside it, an older woman who was mourning. He said, I looked into the casket as Jesus was walking up. And the man, the boy laying there had a t-shirt on that said, I am remnant. Before we made the t-shirts. And all of a sudden, Jesus looked at the woman and said, stop mourning. He's not dead. He's only asleep and pulled the boy out of the casket. And the boy began to scream, I am remnant. Give my God a shout. Amen. Now, there's a reason why I'm telling you that. Can you imagine? Go to the worst part of town with me in your mind. It's the part of town you don't go through late at night. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Go with me up the steps of this little house where the banister is breaking off. It's falling apart. And you can hear crying on the other side of the door. And suddenly, a hand knocks on the door. The door opens up slightly and there's a face of a little child. And he slams the door. And you hear him running for cover. Because what was on the other side of the door that was knocking scared him to death. Then coming to the door, opening it up with an angry look on her face. The mother of the house says, what do you want? And the man who had knocked on the door said, I met somebody. I met somebody right after the storm. I'll come back to that story in just a moment. Open your Bibles quickly, if you would, to Mark chapter 4. See, what you've got to understand tonight is most of the remnant doesn't know the remnant yet. They have no idea that they are the remnant most of the remnant that God's getting ready to raise up, you would probably not let preach in your church. Because they don't look like us. They haven't been Jesusified yet. They're dirty. And tonight, the Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little emotional. I, I, I've been through a season that since the last time I was here of just of uh, new wineskin. So. In Mark chapter 4, looking at verse 36. Now, what you've got to understand is this story that I'm about to tell you starts in Mark chapter 4 but continues over to Mark chapter 5. Really, it should not be divided into chapters. Now, the creators of the canon, which is putting the word of God together, I I, I understand why they did it, because it's almost two scenes in a movie. But really, sometimes scenes run together. And we're going to jump in just a moment to Mark chapter 5, and you'll also find that in Matthew chapter 18. But but I'm going to keep in the book of Acts. And what's funny is tomorrow night, what Karen shares starts right after this story. So if you want to be ahead of the game and you want to know what Karen's going to be preaching, all you've got to do is read after the Mark chapter 5 in just a moment. But I think sometimes we may miss scripture when we don't take it a little farther and the bible says so they took jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed And it goes on to say, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? But what you got to understand tonight as I move into this word very quickly, what you must realize is that the storm is the path to deliverance. Without the storm, you're never going to realize you got to get free. Now, jumping over to Mark chapter 5, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. But Mark, the fifth chapter, it says this. Looking at verse 2 again, God gave this to me today, today at 1 o'clock. And it says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Somebody shout out loud, the remnant doesn't know their remnant yet. See, because what you got to understand is Jeremiah 23 verse 3 says, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful increase in number. The Bible from cover to cover is about the remnant, but what we've got to be very careful of is this thing taking on a religious connotation that you look a certain way act a little a certain way and and you've got it all together because what i have found out that before god can really use someone and for them to be used greatly they've got to be rescued first and we're really good at cleaning the fish before we catch them and so what you got to realize is tonight i want to preach to everybody and talk to everybody in the house that doesn't feel worthy of being remnant that's why i just wrote part two a book that's coming out in may called the unqualified because that's who god is raising up he's raising up the oops and the accidents and the nobodies the ones like me in ninth grade who had to give a speech in front of the class and while i'm giving a speech my friends that i played sports with are laughing because literally you could hear my that's when my knees touch you could hear my knees knocking and my friends are like and the teacher says to me afterward well i guess you'll never do public speaking Do you know what I've learned? The remnant walks amongst lost humanity, not screaming insults or provoking slander. And by the way, if you don't know what that is, God gave me 34 prophetic words to tie the whole book together. One afternoon in 45 minutes, run it, walking around a track, and I begin to weep uncontrollably. The remnant walks among lost humanity, not screaming insults or provoking slander, but invading with life that which has only known darkness. Are you with me so far? When God began to speak to me a year and a half ago and said, one day when I was out jogging in Dallas, well, I don't actually jog, I loiter, and I'm, I'm, I'm out walking on the streets of Dallas, and all of a sudden the Lord said to me, I'm going to raise up a remnant. And I ran back to my hotel room, and I said, Lord, what does that even mean? And I began to look it up, and the word remnant is what's left over after people have fallen away or been destroyed. Remnant is the email I got from a missionary On a Sunday morning, and he said, you can't tell anyone about this, Pat, as far as sending the email out or anything like that. He said, but our village is surrounded in Iraq, and today we will lose our heads for him. And they haven't heard from that missionary since. That's the remnant. The remnant is the Japanese man that ran out in front of ISIS and threw his life down. A Christian man for other Christians and said, take me. That's the remnant it's the half a million that lost their life last year for the cause of Christ it's those that will stand when others won't stand it's those that will look at, at culture and say I'm sorry that is a lie and you can tell it to me all you want and think cognitive dissonance is gonna kick in in just a moment but it's not cognitive dissonance is when you hear something so much that you begin to believe it's truth but the only way you're gonna find truth is God's Word and we right now are living in a stage where the Lord spoke this to me the other day we have cataract Christians the Bible speaks about blinders we're not completely blind we can still see the light we can still see but we just can't make out his face anymore and if you don't know his face you got to understand you'll never know his character the first time i handheld held my grandchild jack who was born on december 21st the first thing i did that night was i looked at his face and i kept looking down at him and and i decided i was going to be the british jesus you know from son of god the movie and i kept looking down at him going we're gonna change the world it was awesome <laughs> i love british jesus you'll see jack playing in the nfl write it down already had a dream but the remnant when you look it up you have to understand one of the definitions for it is what comes at the end of all generations that's us jesus said to me pat i will pour my spirit out on one group and one group in america i will raise up the remnant and then i will return so if you don't like the rapture thought and you're scared of heights do not join this vision But one of the other definitions of the remnant is a piece of cloth. And if you were to take every one that was just handed out in here, it's enough to cover some people. It would make a blanket if we sewed it together. Are you with me tonight? Give my God a praise because I'm going to preach about it. Come on, praise him across the house. But see, what I have learned is this, and I never understood it, especially as a pastor. Before deliverance comes the storm. You don't just decide to get delivered. You got to be pushed into some things. And the Bible says, and I'm going to do the first part of the story, then the second part. The Bible says the disciples are fired up. They just fed 5,000. They are hanging out with Jesus. This is an incredible moment. They're getting in the boats. He's done with the crusade. People are going home. And he gets in the boat. And the paparazzi were following them. and the disciples are hanging out jesus says hey i just preached i'm wore out you got to understand when you preach it's like working 8 hours it's it's intense and so all of a sudden jesus goes to the bottom of the boat and they're just hanging out they're talking trash they're playing they're goofing around they're they're telling jokes and then it starts getting dark outside not a normal dark but a hurricane dark the the the, the clouds begin to roll there begins to be a shaking the waves begin to pick up and and all of a sudden they start looking at each other and somebody probably told the story of Jonah. Remember Jonah? Remember that time he rode the surfboard throw up? Somebody's like, shut up, dude. Don't bring that up right now. It's getting intense. So a few minutes before the sun was shining the birds were chirping and they're just singing row 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 your boat gently down the stream merrily 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 we're just hanging with the king everything was awesome and then about that time the waves begin to toss and things begin to get darker and they start getting afraid these were fishermen they know storms they they're, they're the deadliest catch guys they are rednecks they know what it's like and they're like who did not check the weather channel who did not tell us judas did you pay the bill and judas like going afford it this month and all of a sudden as the waves start rolling in as things start happening despair takes over and they're in the boat and they're clinging for dear life and the boat is bouncing it's bouncing waves are hitting it the mask is beginning to break under the wind and all of a sudden where is jesus sleeping Preparing to go confront some demons that used to attend his church in heaven. He knew what committee that was. And in Mark chapter 4 verse 35 it says late that day he said to them let's go to the other side. And all of a sudden the waves began to pour into the boat. And threatening to sink. And Jesus was in the stern head on a pillow sleeping. And they roused him. Have you ever woke your parents up by accident? I loved it. My son came home a few days ago with my precious daughter-in-law and our new grandson, Jack. And the kid that all the way up till a couple of months ago would run up and down the stairs and I didn't care. Now he's like, Dad, we got to be quiet, the baby. I looked at my wife and I went, my God, where'd you come from? I said, you never did that when you were waking us up. And they woke him up. They roused him. And the Bible says they roused him saying, teacher, it is it nothing to you that we're going to die? Don't ask Jesus a question like that. Because you're going to take him off. Can you imagine ticking off the creator? But sometimes it seems that Jesus is sleeping when really he's preparing to deliver you. And your, your faith will never get threatened until your normal gets interrupted. And it's Psalm 55, verse 4 through 8, my insides are turned inside out. Spectators of death have me down. I shake with fear. I shudder from head to foot. Who will give me wings? I ask. Wings like a dove. Get me out of here on the dove wings. I want some peace and quiet. I want to walk in in the country. I want a cabin in the woods. I'm desperate for a change from rage and stormy weather. Listen, you wouldn't have faith for your next stop till you learn the power of waking Jesus up. I'm talking to the people in this room that God is saying I'm still in the boat. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm just waiting on you to wake me up i know what's going on up there come on down here in the bottom where i'm just resting on a cushion i bet they got down there and jesus is so cool he's floating on water but his head's still on the pillow by the time jesus gets to the top of the boat they've all got throw up in their beards it's Doug dynasty at a mexican restaurant And sometimes the only thing that will startle the status quo is disturbing of your peace. And God says, I'm about to awaken you. And you're about to see some things break out across America. And there's going to be some intense things that happen. But know this, God is in charge. He says, I still have this land. And see, I've learned that revolution always starts when people make a little bit of noise. When they come together. And the Bible says Jesus began to rebuke the elements. The elements stopped their fury when they heard the voice who created the elements. God says, I can break this thing. But I'm learning something. The storm can't stop your peace. Watch where I'm going. Because the storm couldn't. And keep Jesus away from a man living in the tombs are you still with me so far and there's nothing that ticks Jesus off more than than the companions he chose to do life with begin to doubt he could deliver them from what he has already conquered are you getting this so far and God says I'm looking for a bride that will quit doubting me that will quit thinking I'm not big enough that will suddenly begin to realize I've got this thing if you'll cry out to me it happened to me about two months ago we're getting ready to go to San Diego and the finances were crazy that day and the the lord said get up go outside and dance before me now that's a little bit awkward because on one side of me is a very baptist couple and on the other side of me is some hindus Karen's sitting at the counter. She's working on some things in the kitchen. You can look out our back door to see our whole backyard. And next thing she knows, she looks out there. And I'm in my workout clothes. (laughs) I'm in workout clothes, shorts, and I'm dancing in the middle of winter, praising my God. And within three hours, supernatural miracles broke loose in our family, in our finances. I went walking through my house, looked in a box in the pantry, put there for the garbage. Looked down, there's an envelope. I open it up, and there's a $2,500 check in the envelope. We were about to throw that thing away now we look through we look through cereal boxes now but what you got to realize is i serve a god that says if you'll praise me when you should doubt me if you'll praise me when you're ready to quit if you'll praise me when everybody else is sleeping they didn't realize that jesus was getting rested to do war they didn't realize he's going to meet some angels turned demons that once attended the church in the Holy and we are living in a time in America where the storm is raging. Where you can't even call terrorists terrorists anymore. A time where no one talks about abortion anymore. And the death of a generation. Driving down the freeway in Houston, I heard the cry in the back seat of my car. I thought it was my daughter's toy. And I looked back there, and she's sound asleep. And I look over, and I said, Karen, do you hear that cry? And she goes, what? And I looked over, and the largest Planned Parenthood building in the world was right there. I could hear the cries of the children. Living in a time where grace is being preached without accountability and responsibility. A time where the homosexual movement, and I'll probably offend somebody here, but I'm okay with that because my god don't make mistakes and the first thing he said the very first command he gave man was go and procreate and the enemy hates the idea of people giving birth to something so he'll just make them walk in a place where they don't understand how big our god is that he restores identity no matter what you've been through and i'm not here to throw a rock i'm throwing ropes ropes and saying we can pull you out of this thing but what you've got to realize is where truth is under attack the bible speaks of the grace movement it says this in titus chapter 2 verse 11 for the grace of god has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no see grace is not a get out of jail free card it's not an ability to walk away from the cross it gives me the ability to walk in such a power favor that i can say no to the ungodliness and worldly passions to live a self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age i'm reminded of dietrich bonhoeffer one of the great preachers during the nazis when the nazis had invaded the church and they said you can't preach truth anymore and by the way we're in charge and dietrich bonhoeffer who later lost his life made this quote this was in the 1940s when nazi or 30s when nazi was taken over germany and and all of that and hitler had invaded the churches he said so you think this is new today what we're fighting look right here he said cheap cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance baptism without church discipline communion without confession cheap grace is grace without discipleship grace without the cross grace without jesus christ living and incarnate and that man lost his life for his message but i'm looking for those that will ride The storm to get somebody delivered. See, discipleship's a theory till it costs you something. Jesus said, take up your cross, die, turn your back on everything. Mark chapter four, it goes on to say, he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. It was a great call. So you've got to realize Jesus is the only one that can declare peace in the storm. And what you don't realize is water carries sound. And all of a sudden as he stands up and says, waves, chill out, Wind, stop, rain, go away, come again some other day. All of a sudden as he says, peace, it shot across the water where there was a man living in the tombs. And the demon sat up and said, Is he coming? We thought the storm would stop him. You're not with me yet? I love what John Kilpatrick called me. Pastor John Kilpatrick called me about four weeks ago. He was the pastor at Brownsville. He called me about four weeks ago, and he just pours into my life, and he calls me, and he says, Pat, I want you to do something from now on. He said, I want you, before you walk into any church, just like Jesus told the disciples when they were going to plant house churches two by two, he said, before you walk into a house, speak peace to it. If the peace hits you back in the face, keep walking, but if it settles in the house go on in, they want God. I started doing that every week. I'm scared for when it hits me in the face. I'm going to be like, oh, it's going to be a bad Sunday. But I did it out in the parking lot out here. I said peace, and all of a sudden, it never came back. That means God's chosen this house. Now, watch, 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 because as Jesus said peace, and it began to go, and I speak it over this house peace. At the moment he began to do that, the demons began to growl. Because you got to understand Proverbs ten ten: an evasive eye is a sign of trouble ahead, but an open face-to-face meeting results in peace. He was about to have a face-to-face meeting with a man that needed deliverance. Do you not think the demons knew he was coming? The Bible says that they're the principality of the air. Ephesians chapter six verse twelve. But what you must understand is the enemy's goal right now is to shipwreck you before you see those that are called to be delivered get delivered. That's why Timothy, Paul. Timothy that's why that's why it says holding on to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected so have suffered the shipwreck now follow me for a second and the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost Christianity without Christ forgiveness without repentance salvation without regeneration politics without God heaven without hell General William Booth said that at the end of the 1800s you gotta understand is Jesus was on his way regardless of the storm you need to realize the storm was a precursor to deliverance what you've been through lately that fought you from getting here this weekend was the storm it was fighting you it did not want you to get to the place where all of a sudden freedom came are you still with me that's why Psalms 93 verse 3 through 4 says sea storms are up God sea storms wild and roaring sea storms with thunderous breakers stronger than the wild sea storms mightier than the sea storm breakers mighty god rules from heaven god is sitting in the crow's nest in the eagle's nest of heaven and while the storm is going on and the ship has been rocking he's got his binoculars going land ho you about the land am i talking to anybody because there's people in here that need breakthrough there's people in here that need an encounter with the one and he already declared he was coming jesus sent out a tweet he twittered from the boat peace And at the moment he did it, every demon inside of a man started screaming Don't let peace come to my chaos. Don't let peace come. If peace comes, we'll lose the shelter we've had where we've been living and no one has challenged us. Because everybody knew this man. Everybody understood that the interruption was coming. There's an interruption, the interruption. You know what I've learned? Alarms are annoying. I hate alarms. When I have to get on a flight, every week i set on my phone 12 different wake-ups on on the iphone you can just keep doing it: hit 502 503 five and i'm just laying there driving i got to get on a flight and it's like oh shut up oh shut up shut up, shut up shut up alarms get on your nerves today when i was writing this sermon they were deciding to do something at the hotel i'm staying at they were checking the alarm system i'm in the middle of writing this message all of a sudden this I'm, 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 this Strobe light thing goes off. Thank God I didn't do drugs because I'd have had a real serious moment. Strobe light goes off in my room. All of a sudden, this alarm starts going off in my room and it's just... ma ma I'm just sitting there sitting I'm going are you serious are you serious are you serious are you serious it's the right at the exact moment where I wrote about the interruption I'm going are you serious I got to get this message done for tonight are you serious finally they didn't they didn't need to cut it off till I called I guess because all of a sudden I called down and hey, um, eh, 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 eh. I said hey um I said hey um I really what's going on do I need to leave Oh, no, sir. No, sir. This is what the lady said to me. The lady, all of a sudden, she said, sorry, sir. There's no fire. It's just our once a year testing of the alarm system so we can pass the code. Sorry, sir. No fire here. We're just acting like it so we can prove we can pass it. And in Mark chapter five, verse one. You ready? Here comes the next part. It's going to get good. The intertwining of the two chapters. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man, it says, lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained. Even with a chain, And whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. I hear the sound of chains in this room. And it says, it goes on to say, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself. You think cutting is new? You obviously haven't seen the prophets of Baal cutting to get the attention of a God that doesn't exist. That's why I love it in all of our services when students come up to me and they go, my scars disappeared today. It happens constantly because when the love of God enters in, he not only heals the inside, he transforms the outside. Give my God a praise. It's real. It happens all the time. Give my God a praise. Howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Can you see this? Jesus gets out of the boat. The disciples get out of the boat and fall on the ground and kiss the ground. They're like, oh, God, we made it. We made it. Yes, you. They pointed at him when they said it. They stand up. They're soaking wet. It has not been a good trip. James looks over at Peter and he goes, bro, in your beard. You got, yeah, you got a little chunk, chunk, clean it out. <laughs> little fish and bread. This is a cool moment right here. And Jesus is ticked, so he's not talking to anybody. You ever been on a family trip and everybody's mad, so no one talks? (laughs) And you start to talk. I was always the one in the car that started to talk. So we're gonna eat? Everybody looks over, like, shut up or we'll kill you. I swear (laughs) we'll (laughs) die. Saw sorry. Just checking. You're a good driver, Dad. <laughs> Mom, I like your sweatpants. And all of a sudden, as they're walking along, Jesus keeps looking back, like, say something. I swear, I swear say something. Next thing you know, a crazed lunatic starts howling. And he's not walking, he's rolling over tombstones laughing like a hyena mocking but as he gets closer jesus stops and as the man comes closer simon peter was ready i got him i got him i got him i see him i'll take him i got him i got him i'm wanting to tackle somebody i'll cut his ear off (laughs) you gotta have people like that on your staff let me kill him pastor i'll kill him my gun gotta have people like that on your staff i got him i dare him to move i want to i want to kill him now watch In the name of jesus bang watch and all of a sudden the man comes running up to jesus and falls on his knees and begins to worship oh you're not getting this i gotta hurry i've gone too long already i'm going longer The disciples knew this man. He was the story that everybody would laugh about. You know, the crazy guy up in the woods. Don't go up there. I mean, they tell stories at Halloween about him yeah he lives in the garbage dumps dump. some, some have seen him some haven't I mean a friend of mine said he saw him one night I and mean, it's like he is the Bigfoot of the day and, and he's up there and the disciples see him and they're frozen in fear they didn't say a word they're frozen they just survived a storm and now the most demon possessed man that has ever lived is chasing them down but the Bible says if you don't leave your house guarded the enemy will come in seven times stronger you've got to realize this man only backs about eight times, and so all of a sudden, as he falls down in front of him, Jesus looks at him and the man begins to worship. I've come to tell you something: six thousand demons could not stop a man from praising the king. What's stopping you from praising tonight? Six thousand demons tried to stop him, but he still began to cry out. He knew who was on the oh, I wish somebody praise him. God told me to preach tonight a message called the cry from the tombs because he's about to wake up those that have been living amongst the dead give my God a praise offering the Bible says in Mark chapter 5 and I'm hurrying when Jesus was still some distance away the man saw him ran to him and bowed before him with a shriek he screamed why are you interfering with me Jesus son of the most high God he wasn't even talking it was the demons he was a cutter he was out of control he was living in the tombs. Satan had won till the prince of peace showed up. I've come to tell you there are some of you in here that have gotten so good at sanctifying demons in your life. And when you finally get free, where the phone doesn't call you to look at porn at night, where suddenly everything begins to rise up inside of you of holiness and you begin to praise and you walk down the street worshiping for no reason, then we'll know you met somebody on the shoreline because there's that moment the church has to learn to fight once again what bows to his name and not what takes it in vain. Then Jesus looks at him and not not at him. He looks at the demon and says, in verse 9, who are you? And he goes, the demon says, we are legion, meaning 6,000. And strong and then it's so funny because they knew who was there and all of a sudden they go hey um, don't make us leave the region we'll leave this guy we're going to leave him alone for you I'll leave Pat alone but don't make me leave his kids alone don't make us leave the region. If you make us leave the region, we'll lose our spiritual authority. I've come to declare over this area, every principality that, that God says, I'm taking back regions. I'm coming to declare every principality that's over the air and the darkness, that there's already been a word that's been spoken, that's come across the waters of the land. And God says, principalities, you will bow in this area. Then you may say, it's so funny, the demons begged him, don't make us. So what did Jesus do? Now, there was a great herd of swine, the Bible says in Mark chapter 5 now watch because they're gonna commit suicide watch and they were they heard of swine feeding near the mountains and all the demons pleaded with him like asking him send us to the swine so that we may enter them at once you don't even understand why that happened right there because over the area was the roman government was over it in that particular area it was known as the boar legion so on their breastplate they had the face of a pig so what jesus was about to do to let them know was i'm the one in charge of the government i'm the one that's taking this back because all of a sudden and at once jesus gave them leave he said all right go on they jumped in the pigs the pigs get so jacked up we are putting up with what makes pigs squeal and they ran and jumped off the cliff and they drowned right there oh it's time to drown some demons in this place i'm almost done i'm coming to a close because god told me to come ask you can you hear the cries from the tomb can you hear the ones up there scratching themselves cutting themselves no chain can hold them and god says have you ignored them so long you can't hear them? The Bible says he roamed amongst the dead cutting. We got to go back to the dead. Jesus said in John chapter 11, he said, he said, you don't have to wait for the end. I'm, I'm right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live in everyone who believes in who believes in me, does not ultimately die at all, but you're going to live. It's what the two angels said at the tomb in Luke chapter 24. Why seek the living amongst the dead? Psalms 115, it is not the dead that praises him. It's me and you I'm closing. When's the last time you heard the cries of the lost? Say, I have a problem. I can hear their cries. Call me crazy, maybe I'm losing my mind, but I can be walking through the airport and begin to hear the cries of the lost. I was sitting on a plane three weeks ago flying to Phoenix. I sit down beside a man. I usually try to just focus in. I'm getting ready to go do remnant there in Arizona. I sit down by a businessman whose best friend is George W. Bush. He's the owner of a bank in Texas. And next thing I know, for two and a half hours, we cried out to God together. We sharpened each other. There was sparks flying all over that plane. When's the last time we had ears to hear the cries? The other people had heard him, his cries went across the water. They knew he was there. But his cries met another cry. It said peace. And the Bible says in Matthew 11, verse 15, it says, whoever has ears, let him hear to what I can compare this generation. They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. This is powerful. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. It's literally like Jesus saying, they're trying to get your attention, but you don't care. And we're living at a time, listen to me closely, when worship is louder, the lights are enamoring, and the speakers are celebrated, and truth is diminished. And we're living at a time where God's saying, when will you hear the remnant knows the gifts of the Spirit are not for the evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal talent show, but rather the weapons of a dying leader who has chosen spirit over flesh and freedom over slavery. Give my God a praise offering. I'm reminded when Moses was up on the mountain, He's having an encounter with God. The, 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 the cloud is around him. The glory of God. And God says, Hey, your people down there, they're leaving me. Moses said, What? He said, Yeah, your people down there, they're he said, Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're getting corrupted. As the Bible says. It's when Aaron was building calves. Moses gets so mad he goes, Won't you kill him? He's having a bad day at the off, kill him. God says, no, I will relent. God relents he goes walking down the mountain Joshua meets him halfway because Joshua has learned that before you can look down on others you got to spend your time looking up at God he's sitting in the middle right there waiting his turn. he's all of a sudden Moses comes down to him and he says he says Moses Moses I hear the sound of music when I he heard the noise of the people they shouted he, he he said to Moses there's a there's a sound of war in the camp he said I hear the sound of war we must be under attack and Moses looks at him and he describes what the church is doing right now in the time of spiritual anarchy uh, he says but he said it is not the sound of those who shout for victory nor does the sound of those who cry because of being overcome but i just hear the sound of singing we must have the remnant awaken i'm getting ready to close lest we dance our way into the history books as a forgotten nation in revelation 3:20 he said i'm standing at the door knocking are your ears awake that's what he said listen to the wind's words the spirit blowing through the churches it's the knocking at the door I hear right now. And I'm so stirred because the knocking at the door is not another opportunity to exalt yourself, it's, but the knock coming from the chafed hands of a wounded savior trying desperately to awaken his bride. Can you hear their cries? Pastor Mark told me a story today that was pretty powerful and he allowed me to use it. And the story goes kind of like this. It's, it's, it's pretty intense. And after a speech, a pro-life activist woman by the name of Penny Lee was approached by an old man weeping. He told her this story. Can I tell you this story real quick? Because it's, it's pretty important. He said, I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust. and I considered myself a Christian. I attended church since I was a small boy. And we've heard the stories of what was happening to the Jews there in Germany. But But like most people today in this country, we try to distance ourselves from the... Reality of what was really taking place, and what could any of us do? He goes on to say, as a boy in Germany, every day a railroad car, or every Sunday when they were having church, would come passing by their church. Inside of those box cars was Jews being taken to die. He said, as the train would start coming down the tracks, we could hear it coming while we we're having church. He said we became disturbed when one Sunday we noticed cries coming from the train as it passed by and we grimly realized that the train was carrying Jews and they were like cattle in those cars. He said the railroad track ran right behind our church. Week after week the train would come right in the middle of church. The whistle would blow. And we would dread to hear the sound of those old wheels because we knew that the Jews would begin to cry out to us as they passed our church. And their cries got louder and louder each Sunday. Ter- he said it was terribly disturbing. He said we couldn't do nothing to help those poor, miserable people. Yet their screams tormented us. We knew exactly at what time they were coming every Sunday morning. And we would hear their, them to begin to scream. And by the time the train came rolling past the church. We began to start singing hymns, and we would start singing louder and louder until we couldn't hear their cries anymore. Some of the screams reached our ears. we just sing louder because we just didn't. We didn't want to hear them anymore. He said, years have passed and no one talks about it, but I still hear that train whistle in my sleep. This little story is called Sing a Little Bit Louder. True story. Let's just keep singing a little louder. Let's just get better lights. That way maybe we won't hear the screams of those being drugged to death. Let's just sing a little bit louder. And the distant sound of the lost crying for deliverance can easily be drowned out by a church content with the sounds of snoring bride and toothless devils. Why would you preach this tonight on the opening of Remnant Night? Because we have a generation screaming, chained in the tombs, cutting, And we sing louder as the cries of the lost ride by. And this is it. I'm done. Come help me on the keyboard. That's what the Lord told me to preach tonight. The day the remnant got delivered. Watch. And in Mark. Chapter 5 verse 14. Those tending the pigs. The pigs that committed suicide. Ran and reported in the town. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Stop right there. They weren't afraid of him. When he was roaming the tombstones. They were afraid of him. because he was free. The most dangerous man you'll ever meet is a free man. They were scared to death of Lazarus. They plotted his death after he rose again. Can you see Lazarus? Hey, we just heard they're going to try to kill you. He's like, did that. Because once you've already been dead, you're not worried about dying. I wonder who gave him clothes I wonder if the disciples reached into their bags and handed him their clothes have we gotten so used to perversion that deliverance will seem odd then in verse 17 the people come up and go look we need you to leave the pork in the budget just went down you're hurting our economy. But how can you call this man a remnant, Pat? Because the remnant, it's a manifesto, knows the I am has now made him his. And sit, Mark chapter 5, verse 18. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been deemed possessed begged to go with him. Let me go with you, Jesus. I'm free. Look what Jesus went and did. Jesus didn't let him. He said, no, go home. Go back to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Yes, sir. So the Bible says he goes to the capitalists, Do a study on Decapolis. It's the ten cities. He went to ten cities. It's the ten cities where today Christians still live. The only ten cities in the Middle East where Christians still live The capitalists, Ten cities Remnant This man was so overwhelmed with freedom That he became the first evangelist He went into the ten cities Where today Christians still live Because of his story We're never going to see the next move of God until we let the ones that we're never supposed to to grab the microphone. This man's remnant. That's it. Go back with me to my opening. The door opens up. Little boy goes. Runs and hides. And the man stands there The door opens up What do you want? I have a restraining order against you Can't you see our kids are afraid of you? What are you doing here? Haven't you done enough? I know baby Don't you call me baby I've Come home You can't come back here I met a man that went through a storm that looked down at me and gave me my life back. I'm not that guy. And she looks at him and he goes, she begins to cry. He said, I got a long way to go, but I'm going into the ministry because I'm remnant. Remember the storm the other night? Yeah, yeah. And the little boy comes running out And says daddy Are you home for real Yeah I didn't just conquer my demons But I conquered the region And what I dealt with son You're not going to have to deal with anymore And God told me to come and tell you There's an awakening in this room right now for people to get free. And I hear the sounds of chains falling off of people. And I hear the sounds of victory hitting this room. And God says he needs you to know he was in the storm, but he's on the shore. God told me to come and tell you he's been waiting on you to meet you at the shoreline. He told me to come and tell you what has tried to kill you will actually have to bow to him. He told me to come and tell you there's victory in this house. He told me, I just wrote this this afternoon. He told me to preach it. The cry from the tomb. And while everybody else may keep singing louder and louder so we can ignore the cries of those being drug off to death. God says they're at a moment in this place. There's a cry from the tombs. No more singing louder and louder louder. God says I'm awakening of people that can hear the cries of the lost. He says I want you to turn the volume down on the hymns and listen and stand at the train tracks because you have the power to jump in front of the train and stop those being let off. He told me to come and tell you he was in the storm the other night and he's at your front door knocking right now stand to your feet across this room Come on lift your hands Don't you just patty cake him I want you to lift your hands And start crying out Deliverance is in the house 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 He keeps telling me to say that i got to keep. He keeps telling me to say it Say it again Pat Okay Lord Deliverance is in the house No music for just a second No music No music No music No music No music Deliverance is in the house Deliverance is in this section right here Where God is saying Those of you that have hated yourself for years god says you've been cutting yourself amongst the dead you've been living there and you may not have outside scars but on the inside you hate who you are so you roam with the dead every day dancing over tombstones but he wants you to know he's in the storm he's on his way he's spoken peace your cries of anger and depression and discouragement met his over the water and he said i'm getting up i'm gonna calm this storm so i can meet yours not do a normal church i I promised him i wouldn't i said lord i'll leave the ministry before i do normal church anymore and he says i'm in the storm he says i'm looking for men that can come crawl on their knees i'm talking to some men in here i'm talking to people in this room that are desperate god says i've been looking for you I, i gotta do something that's different because there's 10 cities that depends on this sermon That's what he said to me earlier. I don't even know how many churches are here, but I bet the majority is 10 cities, 10 cities, 10 cities. You got to understand there was no Christian movement in Decapolis until this man went home. I did a study on it today. And to this day, Christians are there, but some are being killed because it's part of it, Syria. So what a man did back there when he met Jesus at the shore they're dying for today here comes the presence of God shut your eyes here comes his presence 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 why would you say that because I can feel it Michael Mooney all hell tried to stop you from getting here Michael Mooney but I needed you to tell me what you saw that was critical that was critical yeah that was that vitamin B shot Right before I preach, that's what that was. Pat, why is this so weird? This is so different. I know. But I hear him saying, Deliverance is in the house. And the Spirit of the Lord says over every section in this room, Peace. Here it comes. It's about to meet those demons that have been harassing you. pee that's what jesus said one word peace he is the prince of the peace peace he said that and it went across the water ran up a hill and shocked some demons that were torturing a man And they said, he's on his way. He's on his way. When he lands, you better get ready to run. We'll jump over tombstones. We'll roll down the hill. But we've got to beg him. We know who he is. He's the one that kicked us out of heaven and said no more because you won't worship me. And now he's about to kick us out of this man. And we can't handle the thought of being kicked out, not once but twice. And all of a sudden, God says, I'm looking for a people in this room that will praise me, that will cry out regardless of the storm you've been in lately and the remnant is rising in this room and in one morning, in one morning, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived that led 10 cities to Christ had crusades, was a man that the day before was demon possessed, cutting himself in the rocks and God says, "You, prom- I promise you, you ain't as bad as he was. He had 6,000 and you won't even confront your six. God says across this place, if you want deliverance and freedom, lift your hands and cry out, now! Go! Cry out! hear you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. God's saying cry out come on we're not there we're not giving an altar call till it's time till desperation rises up in this place until you say enough there's a knock there's a little boy hiding behind the door saying i hope daddy comes home clean tonight there's a wife answering her door in the regions saying baby i hope you're free you don't understand it was a knock on the door yes he went to the world but he went home jesus sent him home first and when he knocked on the door within one night her family was healed because a man God free and yet we're so good at singing is the loud louder and louder so we can't hear the cries of those being led astray to death Is there a remnant in the house? Is there a remnant in the house? I'm a man on fire tonight. Because at one o'clock today, he said, write a message called the cries from the tomb. Who's been in a storm lately? Raise your hand. Eyes shut. Raise your hands. You say, I've been in a storm. Pat, it's been intense. Raise your hand. Be honest. Be honest. You've been in a storm lately. <laughs> you need to understand there are some major even ministries, and I'm not being weird when I say this, that the, 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 the storm's getting more intense. There's people that are quitting every day. They're tired, but they don't realize he's saying, please, just wake him up. Just wake him up. He'll get in, he's in the boat. He didn't leave you. He's saying, I want to give an altar call. I know, I know this, uh, this goes against the normal conference mode, but that's what we're doing. We're going against enough, 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 enough. He told me to tell you, he's in the storm. He didn't go anywhere. This section right here, prayer warriors cry out to God
1: now. Go ahead.
0: Louder. This section right here, start crying out to God right here. Come on, come on, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. Cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. He's here, he's here, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Peace. I hear the sound of chains falling off in this place. I uh, hear the sounds of people that are willing to break free and say insecurity, fear, doubt, anger, lust—all oh, you lies from the enemy. I'm gonna fall down and praise him regardless. I'm gonna fall down and praise him, and I'll let him confront the demon because he loves me. It's his goodness that leads me to repentance. My father just showed up. He just came through a storm on my behalf. He just calmed the waves on my behalf, and he has been on his way. I didn't know it. Only way I. I knew it as i felt something stirring getting angry on the inside of me but god says i'm about to awaken the explosion in this room come on church cry out for a second longer now here's what we're gonna do keep crying out don't stop because i talk don't stop crying out don't stop talking or don't stop crying out cross this room I'm going to do something I, I, the Lord just told me to do it again the Lord's told me twice and now a third time look at me I know what it's like to preach and be miserable I wrote about it unqualified I know what it's like on December the 10th at my house late one night writing the new book. Demon from hell came into my prayer room and said, go kill yourself. Never dealt with that before. It was a fog. I immediately slammed my laptop and I went, oh, wow, something just happened in my house. I went straight to bed because I knew safety was next to my wife. And I fell asleep with a pillow wrapped around my face screaming, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. What is this thing? It's a true story. First church I've ever talked about this. And I screamed till about three in the morning in the pillow. And when I woke up the next morning, God whispered to me when I opened my eyes, you just fought. What I'm about to break off a generation. With the book you just wrote. Unqualified. I wish I could tell you it was a triumphal moment. It wasn't. I laid there and I said, why me? Why don't you let me get attacked by that? He said, because Pat. You forgot what they're going through. So I've come to talk to every leader in this house first. That's what the Lord said four times now. He said, if you'll call the leaders up tonight. Wait a minute, you're supposed to call the lost. That's what we do at conference. You ain't lost. We're going to do that. I dare not meet with you without doing that. But there are leaders in this room that your family are waiting on you to come home different. Your kids are spiritually afraid of you. And the Lord just told me to give a call. And it's going to be hard because you may have to die a little bit. You may not even be married. You might be, I don't know. But if you're a leader. The Spirit in the bride has come. The spirit in the bride has come. The Spirit in the bride.